always enjoy the music. <laughs> that song I had never heard before I came to this church, and I've grown to really love it. I really have enjoyed that. Um, it's, preparing sermons is an interesting task. I don't know if you all realize that, as, and I, I usually can kind of prepare out pretty well and all. I probably struggle with this morning more than anyone yet for some reason. So unfortunately for you, you're going to get a mesh mosh of two sermons kind of put together, just cause. And um, uh, we are going to talk about we go for it. We're also going to talk about going for it and God's will, kind of pulling that, those things together. And uh, I think God's will is one of those things we all try to go for and it's hard to get to. And um, so we are going to do that. Um, our scripture passage this morning is in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 43. John 1, 43. If you stand as we read God's word for those that are able. And, uh, the next day, Jesus decided to leave Galilee for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the, the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom nothing, there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi? You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe, because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. There was a man that got the opportunity to go play for Augusta National. That Now, I understand I'm not in, in Metro Augusta anymore, but most people still know about the Masters Tournament here in Georgia, the golf tournament at Augusta National. Well, I don't know if you all realize it or not, it's nigh impossible to play on that course unless you're a member. And it's nigh impossible to become a member. So it is a very difficult thing. And for a person to get the opportunity to go and play on Augusta National, this was a chance of a lifetime. He was able to bring someone, he brought somebody with him, had the caddies, the full bit. You know, he, this was the royal treatment. So he's out playing golf, and he got to the 15th hole. The 15th hole is a long hole, and, and he hit the first shot. He nailed it. Best shot of his life. I mean, it went sailing. Way farther than he's ever hit. He was, he was so excited. But it left him with a dilemma. Because that shot was so good, he had a chance to go across the water onto the green. Or he could play it safe and lay up in front of the water and just lop, lop it over. So here he is thinking about this. He goes and grabs the iron and decides, I'm going to lay up. The caddy walks over and whispers in his ear, he says, You think you're going to play Augusta National again? Probably not. Why aren't you going for it? 
you think about it. He had the chance of a lifetime. And he was going to lay up. How many times in life do we have chances of a lifetime and lay it up? You know, play it safe. Don't really go for it. So here we sit. Are we going to go for it? Are we just going to, well, let's play it safe. Let's do this. This church is in an interesting dilemma. You're searching for a new pastor. We don't know who God has in store. God knows. You're going to have a chance to go for it. And go for somebody. When that person comes, whenever that happens, they're going to offer you some ideas and some things that may be different, may be unusual. Are we going to play it safe? Are we going to go for it? Because you see, in God's kingdom, it's just as important. Look at Nathaniel. He didn't know. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come on. It's Nazareth. Can anything good come from Athens? Can anything good come from Winder? Can anything good come from Watkinsville? Is that the other one? You know, I mean, there's all these little tests. And we all kind of wonder... Because we know who those folks are, right? Let's face it, we know who they are. And we're kind of going, yeah, that's the next person? Are we sure? We don't know where your pastor may come from. They may come from Wachula, Florida. I said that because I, I was in Wachula, Florida, and I'm not sure anything good came from Wachula, Florida. I, I lived there two years. Now, there's some good folks in Wachula, Florida. A bunch of cowboys in Wachula, Florida. And a few people that made some big money on phosphates. You know, but other than that, that's, that's Wachula, Florida. You know, we don't know where he's going. I just, please, if you, if you get a pastor from Wachula, Florida, I did not know, okay? I just, I just wanted to say it right now. I just made up a name out of the middle of nowhere. I could have said Timbuktu somewhere. You know, we don't know where he's going to come from. It could be. Athens, Georgia, we don't know. But God does. And you're going to have to decide if you're going to go for it. When you think about Jesus, and you think about him and who he is, God took risks. Think about it. Number one, God took a huge risk when he created people with their free will. Think about that. What was he thinking? Because you know us and our free will. We're going to free will off in the wrong direction every time. We just are. That's who we are. And he, had, he gave us free will. He made covenants with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, knowing they were going to dishonor him at some point. That's pretty risky. He used Moses <laughs> to free and liberate his people. <laughs> now, folks... <laughs> If you remember, Moses kind of started off by killing somebody. You know, I mean, let's, let's get real. Moses didn't exactly ha have it all together. When, when God told him he was going to go do this, he said, hey, don't, don't you need somebody else? I'm not a very good speaker. Maybe you need somebody. Why don't you look at Joe down the street? You know, <laughs> sidestep, this is not in any of this. Don't we do that? God, use them. They, they're much better at it than I am. 
you don't you don't want me to do it. I, I'm just it's just me. He used Mary as the mother of his son. He sent Jesus into this world. That was pretty risky. And he knew what this world was going to do to him. He entrusts us with the good news to spread the word. When we think of risk-taking, most of us think about dangerous stuff and the, and, the, and the things that might threaten us, right? Let's face it, that's kind of what we think of. But no, risk is a little bit different than that. Getting involved with people <laughs> is risky. Anybody ever been burned by somebody? Anybody, anybody ever had somebody kind of talk bad about them or, or you thought they were your friend and turned out they weren't? Or, folks, we've all. If you've lived on this earth any time, this is going to happen. Having a family relationship is risky. Anybody had anybody in their family disappoint them? Nobody ever had that happen. Living for Christ is risky. Putting yourself out there is kind of risky, isn't it? You know, when you have to go talk to somebody that you don't know or try to get to know, um, we basically threw a dart at the map when we moved from Waynesboro. We did not know a soul in Baldwin, Georgia. We didn't. We went, Okay, this house looks okay. This looks like a nice neighborhood. That'll work. We knew we wanted to be up north Georgia. That's what we knew. Who knew? It was risky. It was kind of scary. I didn't know anybody. Hadn't been there long, found out I knew somebody there. Welcome to a small town, you know? And I've met, and obviously we've met some people, but it's risky when you to get you, put yourself out there and learn people. Philip believed quickly but nathaniel did not nathaniel did what he's going what are you talking about the son this guy is the guy moses was talking about this can't be he's out of nazareth for goodness sake what are you thinking but then when he saw jesus recognized him from being under a figure that's an intriguing thing i sure wish this is one of those times i wish why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Because something significant happened under that fig tree. We don't know what it is. It's not mentioned. Nathaniel knew what it was. Because he said, ooh, this guy's more than just some guy. This guy knows something. How does he know something? He knows something because this happened under whatever happened under the fig tree. He did something that showed his great integrity. He showed something to show his honesty. He did something under that fig tree that made Jesus say, I knew you long before you said, the message even says, a whole long time before Philip talked to you, I knew him. I saw him under the fig tree. Isn't that an interesting statement? We like our lives to be nice, and easy. Don't we? Wouldn't it be nice? Everything goes smooth. I'd someday like one day to go smooth. Y'all have had those? Much less a week or a month. Can you imagine a whole month goes smooth? You know, every bill got paid without even thinking about it. 
Everything happened. Everything. Sleep. Didn't get caught in traffic one time. Wow, what would that date, what would that month be like? What would that date, what, any time? You know, we like it to be smooth. But we also know <laughs> real growth requires risk and movement. We have to move. If we stayed the same the whole time, guess what, folks? We ain't going nowhere. None of us. I'm not. Great shots in golf are what keep you going out there. <laughs> it's easy to lay up and not think much about it but you know when you hit a great shot that's what keeps you going back it's it's so funny because 90 percent i don't know how many of y'all play golf i play golf not very well i play golf about two or three times a year which is why i don't play golf very well anyone that plays golf knows you have to play more often than that and most of my shots are not good but every once in a while i hit it just right and that's why you go back. That's what keeps you going back. You see, that's what it's like in our Christian walk. Every once in a while, boom, the light bulb goes off. Every once in a while, you're talking to that person, and they see Jesus. And what does that do? It keeps us going back. That's one of the ways we find out how, how the will of God is, isn't it? I had a good friend of mine one day. Um, I'll tell you, his name was Ken Litton. You may or may not have heard of him. I don't know. He, I think he became a missionary at some point. He was a minister of music at West Bradenton Baptist Church when I was living in Bradenton, Florida. And West Bradenton Baptist Church was a pretty big church and is now kind of known because... Um, don't need all these details. Anyway, Sam Rayner is the pastor there, and Sam Rayner is the son of Tom Rayner. Tom Rayner is kind of used to be the head of the of the um, Sunday School Board, Baptist Mission, whatever, whatever it's called, Lifeway. It's called now, I think. But he was he's the um, he's kind of a statistics guru. He's not like Barna, but a little bit different. And he talks to pastors and does church growth ideas and does all these things. He does a lot of things. Anyway, his son is him. Anyway, Ken Linton told me, he goes, you know how you find the will of God? You get as close as you can to Jesus and do what you want. Boy, that sounds easy. And I had to chew on that. I, I chewed on that for because he told me this probably 40 years ago. Um, and, and so he told me this a very long time ago. And I've been chewing on it ever since. And you know what? He is so right. You get as close as you can to Jesus. You do what you want. Because you'll be with Jesus. And Jesus will lead you to do what you should do. I know that makes it simple. I know that sounds like you got to be kidding. But folks, our, our job is to get as close as we can to Jesus. And when we're close to Jesus, His will will be our will. You see? Next thing you know, you're just kind of going along and doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's like Nathaniel. Nathaniel got close to Jesus. And all of a sudden, 
he discovered who he was immediately when he knew that Jesus saw who he was and he got close to him. Before he actually met Jesus, he said, what good could come from Nazareth? Now he's saying, guess what? Oh, everything. When we put ourselves out there, we find that we can see and experience things we never thought possible. Our lives can only are, are rarely the way we thought they were going to be. I, I can't imagine anybody in this room saying, you know, when I was 18, this is exactly where I pictured I'd be when I was the mighty giant man. I guarantee I didn't. I can tell you right now, and I sure as, I, I can tell you I would not have put myself at 18 in a pulpit preaching. Maybe in a pulpit leading the music, but never preaching. Matter of fact, at 18, I was anti-preaching. I was dumb. Those preachers are a bunch of weirdos, and I didn't want any parts of that. Music guys had it where it was at, right? We were cool. The preachers were just, yeah, they were there. To, they were there to kind of give an ending to our song service. I'm going to get y'all loosened up yet. It's going to work. I know. But no, let's face it, good and bad, we never thought we'd be where we are now. I'll be honest. I'm living better than I thought I ever would. I live in a nicer house than I ever thought I ever would. I drive nicer cars than I ever thought I would. I have some friends and some people that I've met and done that I never dreamed. My career did not do what I thought it would. I never thought, to be honest, better. But I never pictured it. That's not how I looked at it because I didn't know what was going to happen. And it was a risk for me to change. I'll be honest, it was a risk. I, you know, when you've done something for 30 years, you pretty much figured it out a little bit anyway, or close. And, and all of a sudden you said, I'm going to switch gears. That's hard. That's, that's change. When you picture yourself as a large church music minister, it's hard to go to a small church youth pastor or music and youth, or music and youth and associate pastor and education and, you know. That's, that, you don't picture yourself doing that. No, frankly. I'm going to be real honest with y'all. This is a bad thing to admit. The main reason I went to seminary was because I was told if you're ever going to get into large churches, you have to have a seminary degree. Oh, really? I didn't want to go to seminary. That's a bunch of Bible thumpers. They're just weird people there. They, they don't do nothing but do this, this, and this. I found differently that was not the case, number one. I found differently that when I went to seminary, they opened my mind up to different things theologically and, and biblically and doctrinally. I learned so much in seminary that way. I still thought big church, big music, do, 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 do. God taught me over the years that I don't fit in the big church, big music program. I don't. That's not me. I learned that I'm a small church, get to know the people, do that kind of program. You see, that's where God wanted me. That was his will. When I got close to Jesus, he showed me his will. 
it was a risk for me. I thought that I would be comfortable leading the large church orchestra and choir. That's how it should be. I was comfortable leading six, you know, that would come and sing and loved it. I would learn to know that Jesus showed me that I could preach and like to preach. Worst thing about retirement was I missed preaching every Sunday. I did not see that coming. I thought I would see, ah, oh, I could sleep in on a Sunday morning. Or I could go visit to somebody else that's done all that work all week. You know, I thought I was ready for that. I was not. It is exactly what I found out, that God changes who I am, and his will becomes my will, and here we are. You see, if we never put ourselves out there, we'll never make that once-in-a-lifetime shot. Can you imagine if we didn't really give a shot to something that was very important, and we, wouldn't, and we never knew? What if I'd have never preached, ever? I would never have known I enjoyed it. I would never have known that it could be something that I could do. I didn't really even see youth ministry in my position, um, in my future. I was music. I played trumpet all my life. I think I was born with it in my hand. I don't know. It was. I mean, it felt like that. That's how I felt. That's what I thought it was. But guess what? When you make that lifetime shot, you get to experience things that change your life, that change your perspective. All of us. Growth takes place when we try something and come just short. <laughs> you ever done that? Man, it was just about there. But when you do that, what happens? Oh, I can see the possibilities. Uh, yeah, I came up a little short that time. Next time, we can probably do even better. Not only will we hit that, we may hit this. See, we, we, we have our little finite minds and our little boxes and our little places that we just put them in here like this, and this is how it is. And we miss so much that God has for us because his vision is way beyond any of ours. I can come up with the biggest vision I can think of. I, I imagine this, this, and this. And God's going, huh, nah, that ain't even close. I look at missionaries that go overseas and do things that are beyond anything I could ever fathom doing. And why is that? Because they get in God's will and do what they want, what he wants. It opens it up. I don't know what God's got in store for us. We could play it safe. Or we could put ourselves out there. Because I think God's got some cool things in store for us. But his will is more than we think. Most of us try to do things our way and the way we think they ought to go or the way they ought to look and they ought to, it ought to... We have everything pictured in our minds already. Many of you probably already got the new pastor pictured in your mind. 
30 years old, 40 years of experience, can preach like Billy Graham, can visit in the hospital like whoever you thought of, any chaplain you ever thought about, can do this, you know, we've got him pictured. 3.6 kids. You know, we've got him pictured, don't we? I mean, we do this. Just like whoever the pastor is is picturing the congregation. All ages. Filled to the brim. Wonderful choir with orchestra. Everything works smoothly and perfectly. Buildings in pristine condition. Visitors all the time. You see, we picture things in our... Let's face it, our pictures usually are not accurate, are they? Why? Because we glamorize, make things better than they are. We just think, well, they're from Nazareth. They're just that person from down the street. How can it be? How can they be the Son of God? How can they be who we really have called? They're just from somewhere. They're just the folks. <laughs> no. God's will is in the person of Jesus. Y'all got that? He's in the person of Jesus. And we've got to continue to grow in the knowledge and faith in him. We should love God with all we are. Love, it is Valentine's weekend, love should be our go-to. Think about it. When we really come down to question, we should do it with love, whatever we do. Jesus did it. He even rebuked in love, right? He even told them, when he told somebody, you're not doing the right thing, it was in love. We need to watch him and try to do what's right. When we try to do the right things, we try to do what? God's will. By Jesus. The way Jesus did it. How would Jesus handle all of this? How would he handle change? Oh, man. Don't give me that word. That word's tough. Folks, I don't like change either. I, I don't. I like things like they ought to be. I think they ought to be just like this, right? Just just right here. I want. I don't think they... So when we're looking for the, the will of God, sometimes it's not obvious. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. There's a story about a lighthouse keeper that had just enough oil to keep the lighthouse going. For the safety of the ships. But the neighbors were having a hard time keeping their houses warm and needed some oil. So he's in a dilemma. Do I give him them a little bit of oil or do I keep the oil for the lighthouse? He worried about his people, gave him a little bit of oil. Didn't give him all, gave him a little bit. He ran out of oil and a shipwreck. Tough decision, tough dilemma. President Truman had to decide about whether to drop an atomic bomb 
Do I kill many right now and end the war? Or do I don't do that and let it drag on for who knows how long and kill how many that way? I'm glad I did not have to make that decision. My guess is most of you are glad you didn't have to make that decision either. Nobody would want... That's what you call a lose-lose situation. You see, some things we have to decide on and try to find God's will are not obvious or not easy. Some require a risk. Truman took a huge risk. Let's face it. That was a tough. No. We take risks. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But if we never try, we'll never hit that great shot. That one that we've dreamed of all our lives. That one that we know God has really got in store for us. We have to understand that risk-taking is difficult, but it's necessary for our growth. God's will in your life is necessary for your growth. It's necessary for us to ever do what he's asked us to do and for us to accomplish what we need to accomplish. It's not always obvious. It's probably never easy. But the way to do it is to get as close as we can to Jesus. The old bracelet, what would Jesus do? And then do what we want. Because he'll put that in your hand to do his will. Because you see, he is still in charge. And he still loves you. And he loves all these sinners out around us. And us sinners amongst us. More than anything. So much that he gave his son Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your what you are and who you are. And Lord, we do want to do your will. And we really want to go for it. But Lord, we're afraid. We're not sure. We need you. We need your presence. We need your power. And we need your love to show us the way. Help us, Lord. Because we need you more than anything. Thank you for coming into our lives and for being here with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is our time of invitation. This time is up to you. If you'd like to unite with this church, we'd love to have you as part of it. If you would like to accept Christ as your Savior, this would be a great day to do that. There may be other decisions. It's your decision in your time as we sing.